What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Untitled Sundance review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric March. I thought you were going to introduce yourself as Butch Cassidy and I would be the Sundance kid. Uh, we could do that moving forward. Yeah, Eric, how you feeling? We're back in festival season, baby. Our first ever Sundance. Did you feel like a... How did you feel as the Sundance kind of preview commercial came on? Because it reminded me of when you and I sat together and, you know, did the digital TIFF this year. Uh, This time we were doing it separate because of the lockdown orders in Ontario. I'm watching it at my house. You're watching it at yours. But um, I loved the the intro and I just this sense everything like i don't know like i've been obviously on the last episode uh, the last draft of the untitled movie podcast i i talked about how how i've been feeling stressed at work and i I quit my job and things like that so it's just weird timing that today's bell let's talk day we had a wonderful conversation about mental health on that episode but it just led right into this sundance and we talked a lot about in our our main drafts and stuff how like the sundance just i was so happy that we got accepted and that we could do it because it's digitally this year but i wasn't it like wasn't really even on my radar like i've barely been thinking about it so it just kind of like came at me and i'm like oh fuck sundance is like tonight and then right as that first thing came on i'm like this is my happy place i love film festivals i'm so excited to get started and um and what a kind of a a warm wonderful start Uh, i mean we'll get into it in a sec but how'd you feel as you know you just you had a little technical issue but other than that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be completely transparent here and this is also inside baseball so um i'm fine for the last 48 hours though i've had a heart monitor uh, attached to my body right I'm yeah going we talked a little checkup. bit about that too. if that heart monitor yeah. was still on uh during me logging in and trying to sign in dakota uh this evening he's, he's the spiked. rate would have been <laughs> you know through the roof um i want to give a shout out to dave in the uh the on the technical side for giving me a hand it had to do with safari and uh google chrome so thank you so much dave uh really really appreciate it um but yeah no it it felt weirdly familiar like we had done this before and not too long ago because of the experience that we had with tiff and watching you know a lot of stuff at your place or you know the occasional thing i would watch uh either on my laptop or airplay and so there was something weirdly nostalgic almost (laughs) in sort of revisiting (laughs) this kind of format so soon Um, but all that stress and tension of making sure that I was able to log in and see the movie all washed away, um, as you know, in the first 10, 15 minutes of this, this movie that I have to give it, you know, a hand to the programmers because this is a perfect movie to start a festival. It's the kind of crowd pleasing, heartwarming kind of feel good movie that can melt the most cynical of film yeah. critics hearts and there's stuff in this that i think is very much in line with some kind of conventional comedy and i agree stuff like that. And, yeah and we'll talk about that a little bit more but by the end of the movie i felt that it had earned those moments absolutely and yeah. it's just a really nice and easy way to get into the festival now i'm not saying every movie has to be like that because i like to be challenged and i like to sort of look at the world in in different perspectives but i also love seeing the world in different perspectives that don't have their voices heard or seen mm-hmm. and this is one of those movies and i and again like i feel that coda 
which is an that's what we're reviewing for, by the yes, way yeah, but you yeah, probably yeah. knew that yeah uh Sean Heater's Coda writer director. She uh, she also directed Tallulah, which uh, is a Netflix film with uh, uh, Elliot Page, and um, is it's okay. I remember it from a few. I think it was 2014, 2015, and thinking to myself, okay, like it's this strange kind of quirky indie drama. This is kind of a more conventional heartwarming movie, but also again very inclusive and mindful of the deaf community. Um, And and I do feel that a lot of people will bring up the comparison of sound of metal. I'm just happy that both of them are in very different movies and they're both uh, equally as important and, and wonderful in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And there needs to be more. We need to, we need to get more of this stuff because I feel like we've seen the coming of age film uh, a million times. We'll see it a million more times. You know, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're forgettable. Sometimes they're kind of middle of the road. It just it it depends. And Sundance has a lot of those movies, you know, whether it be, you know, eighth grade or call me by your name. And, you know, this movie kind of fits in there as well, but is more like this is this is a film that I would easily recommend to almost anybody, even more so than Sound of Metal, because I feel Sound of Metal is more experimental and a little bit more kind of maybe quote unquote a little esoteric, heavier esoteric too. as well yeah. at times for people that maybe aren't expecting that where this is like you know the family dynamic um you know the the lead performance by uh is it is it amelia jones or emily uh, jones? amelia uh, amelia jones amelia jones who's european which i mean her accent yeah. is, is pretty amazing in this movie it's um, incredible yeah. is is really great um so yeah so just in terms of just like the general kind of you know uh fresh thoughts as like the uh the fresh fresh catch uh co-op fisherman co-op in the movie these are kind of like most organic and raw sort of opinions on this film because we literally just watched this movie yeah if you guys aren't familiar if you're joining us for the first time um these reviews during sundance are going to be pretty similar to what we did during the toronto film festival uh this past year when we did it at home um, as well as the year before when we covered TIFF uh, for the show, um, except we are going to be doing individual reviews. It is going to be our immediate thoughts. They'll be between you know, 10, 20, 25 minutes long, um, and they'll kind of be just free-flowing. And like Eric and I barely have talked about the movie. We literally just finished it. So um, yeah, they'll be kind of free-flowing, and you'll have individual reviews for every movie that we watch at the festival. And um, yeah, I, I, I totally echo everything you're saying. Like, um, I think the movie is like you you nailed it where it, it is pretty conventional and 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 you know a, a a coming of age story that we've probably seen time and time again but the movie just you can't help but be won over by it by the end and i have issues uh here and there with small things but the movie is just so delightful and so wonderful and i called it like a the warm hug that i needed especially in my emotional state right now that i just felt like by the end of it like i bawled my eyes out and i wasn't expecting that in the first Sundance movie that I watched. And um, I just think it's lovely from everything from the music, the family dynamic. Um, it's funny. Um, uh, it's just endearing and it wears its heart on its sleeve. And um, and yeah, you said it. The most cynical person should be won over by the end um, of the movie. Is it perfect? No, because um, I do think that it like I've seen this movie a bunch of times. That being said, it's very inclusive that it feels familiar, but it revolves around, you know, um, uh, this deaf family that, you know, we don't see that often. We're referencing Sound of Metal and we're referencing this movie as the two, you know, 
movies about you know people who are um, hard of hearing or or deaf or um, and just it, I we need more of this stuff. And I feel like even though like it is a pretty conventional coming of age film and family you know dynamic film that um, that stuff you know it doesn't really matter because by the end of it, the movie is just so delightful and, and um, it'll totally win you over. And um, I, I really, really dug it. I think, like you said, it's the perfect way to start. It's just uplifting and, and just like that warm hug that I, I brought up before that I was just like, Oh man, this movie is delightful. And I didn't, there is a couple moments um, in the last act that just totally wrecked me and I wasn't prepared to be wrecked by them. Um yeah, and and what, if we're going into criticisms, um, I didn't. I think um, in the middle, I think it starts really, really strong and f- ends very, very strong. I think there's some moments in the middle that you get into that conventional coming of age stuff that I'm just I, I was a little not fully on board with, but like I said, it it did win me over by the end. Um, I didn't love the teacher in the oh, movie. Oh, Eugenio de Brez. Um, yeah. yeah. Which kind of feels like if this was made in the nineties, this isn't a slight against, you know, him or, or so should we tell people what the movie's about though? Yeah. First? Yeah. Like, but I just want to, yeah. I just want to finish this one thought, but like yeah. if this was made in the nineties, like, I don't want to have this a slight against him or comedians in general. It would like Robin Williams would have been in, in that yes. role, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. we take a funny kind of actor who's kind of a little bit um, flamboyant, but also charming, and you kind of put them in that kind of caricature role of the inspirational teacher. Yeah. That and I just kind of rolled my eyes at that role a little bit. But, um, Eric, quickly, let's give people a synopsis before we get into yeah, like well, uh, CODA itself is an acronym for Children of Deaf adults and it's yes. a story about uh a young girl a high school senior played by amelia jones uh ruby rossi uh whose family is working on a fishery and um she is the interpreter and they basically are being scuttled um and and ripped off by um the auctioneers that are buying the fish and and there's that struggle and also the struggle of her being the only uh person of hearing in her family and being the one that's kind of having to um you know represent the entire family and not having any autonomy of her own mm-hmm. until All the pressures of that you know she and again this is this is one of the small things that kind of feels like okay, we have to get to A to B. Like the reason why she signs up for choir as an elective is because she has this crush on a boy played by uh, uh, Frede uh, walsh Pilo, who is in uh, Sing, Sing Street, Street. Um, who's grown quite a bit since the last time took, I yeah, it took me him. A, it took me a second. I'm sitting there and I'm like, where do I know this fucking kid? And then it took me and I'm like, he's from Sing Street. Like it took, it, I, like it just caught me off guard for a second because i again i'm going into most of these films not knowing much about them right um and, it, and he did grow quite a bit since sing street yeah and so like everything that this this family dynamic has like they they share with her even the most private of stuff and i feel like some of the kind of mom and dad kind of dynamic and sort of information that we're given like when they go to the hospital at the beginning for a rash it's like okay, yeah. too much information you shouldn't you know you're 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 teenage daughter should not know all this but also but that's because she stuff, has to interpret it yeah, yeah but also that's the stuff that plays for the broad comedic laughs at times as well because they'll totally, bring yeah. that up again a couple of times but then they but 
Heater finds a way to kind of bring it or ground it uh, every now and then where it's like, okay, like we're going for kind of the big gusto moment where we want the whole audience to laugh. You know, in this case, the virtual audience, the person sitting at home. Um, But it ultimately pays off because there is not only truth to it, but an emotion to it. Like I, there are scenes I don't want to spoil, but that come later on in the movie that say so much about the family dynamic yeah. and also accessibility, you know, in a hearing based world to people that can't hear that are deaf and don't have interpreters with them, you know, 24 seven. And I think that that's really interesting as well. And there's a really wonderful moment between, you know, her and the father later on as well. And uh, Marley Matlin uh, plays the mom who's an Oscar winner for children of a lesser God. Um, it's just it like it's it's just a really kind of feel good inspirational movie that finds a way to balance the saccharine and mm-hmm. with with sincerity and like you really do feel the stress and anger of everything that Ruby is going through like Ruby wants her own life and she finds that, you know, her passion is music and that she can sing and that, you know, she's being inspired and coached by Eugenio uh, DeBrez's uh, music choir uh, professor. And like, again, there's, there's certain beats where it's like, you know, you got to prepare for the, uh, the, the, the fall choir, or the fall talent yeah, show yeah. kind of thing. And, oh, we're going to partner you up with, you know, your crush that like that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, like, that's the stuff that kind of you know what why Roll i don't your think the eyes absolutely kind of perfect yes and like even the way that the teacher acts and like i'm like all right chill dude you're teaching at some small town outside of boston like a, a high school and like his pret- pretentiousness of just like i'm like well, do teachers really act yeah i'm like do teachers really act like this because i'd be like fuck off dude like some people I, do I, though that's i know I, i've had teachers like that too and, and maybe not to that extreme like they are playing it up because it's a movie but like this guy lives in this big beautiful house and like uh, i'm like i don't know i just didn't fully buy into that whole thing which is a big part of the movie but like his whole character and and her journey with him i just was like and he's being kind of a prick and i'm like i know you're being hard because you want to push these kids to be their best and you want her to like live up to her full potential but i'd also be like fuck off dude <laughs> like well, I just also because like, of what like, she has put on yes her exactly with. she's waking exactly. up at 3 a.m every morning to go out fishing to go with fishing her father and her brother school. yeah and before then it's school and it's like you know give give her a break man like she, yeah, yeah like he's kind of a prick yeah and he's just being an asshole about it to the point where i'm like all right i didn't buy fully into that um whole character and everything but again well, especially the at mo- the end as well because he does something that almost feels like that's out of character for everything he's teaching her beforehand because he's basically trying to say like the world isn't going to give you you know uh a fair shake you're gonna have to earn everything yourself you're not gonna get a pass no matter what and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden it kind of does something at the end which again a lot of what happens in that third act is earned, but it almost feels like that character and what they do in, in a certain moment betrays what they were kind of building in his arc, but also it kind of is like a slap in the face to uh, uh, Ferdy's character as well in terms of like favoring which student. 
Yeah, exactly. So there's some stuff there that the movie isn't, you know, necessarily perfect. But then there are a couple of great moments in that final act that I don't want to give away. But like they do play, you know, much like Sound of Metal playing with the the use of sound and, and putting you in someone else's shoes. And, and I feel like that moment at, that takes place at like um, the concert that we mentioned is is really, really good. And 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 um, and. I think it definitely lands what it's trying to do. And then there's another moment that builds on top of that. Like you said, a a father daughter moment that I I think just kind of wrecked me. And I think it was just absolutely lovely. And like, I think that's it. Like even those kind of over the top comedic moments between the family members, whether it's, you know, the brother, you know, uh, and the, and the sister's best friend or the mom and the dad and like those kind of things that, you know, um, are there to get those big laughs and is that broad humor that um you you do kind of roll your eyes at but you know they're so charming that whole family you do want to root for them throughout the whole thing and you kind of understand her struggle throughout the whole thing it's like being the only hearing um member of the family and she feels like this you know uh she owes it to them to you know be there for them but she also wants to make it out on her own and and follow her dreams and she doesn't want to feel like she's abandoning them because they need her and stuff like that and i really feel like the movie nails that and you just you really kind of i don't know i just connected with them and like the dad i don't know it kind of just reminded me of my dad a little bit too and like um i just like yeah smoking (laughs) weed and just being a generally like just a down like i don't know just a regular dude right and um just trying to make a living and and i don't know i like how it all plays out and i again it is just the perfectly wonderful start to this festival that um um just kind of caught me off guard that i i, I didn't I, I really really dug it a lot yeah and i and i like how the family is betrayed i mean one thing i keep thinking about is uh there was an interview with paul racy who's in uh sound of metal um who plays the counselor and he is a child of deaf uh adults and he he was talking about how the deaf community um is sick and tired of them being portrayed as saints this movie portrays these deaf characters as flawed sincere you know mixed up kind of just people people going through life trying to just get through the nine to five make a living provide for their family and the ups and downs they're you know a very tight-knit close family and and i like that the family's also very stubborn to integrate into the rest of the world and they feel like the only lifeline they have or they need is the daughter and it becomes so frustrating for her because she doesn't really have a life and there's even a moment where you know the dad says like oh she never really was a baby like she you know we never we never let her be a kid yeah. you know we always like even like when she like relied on her yeah, yeah like even when the the uh Pila walsh character uh miles talks about like you know seeing her at like three or four ordering beers for her parents it's like could you imagine being a kid and having that responsibility to be everywhere the voice you go, yeah. of of these adults it's such a weird thing because like it also again there are moments where it's obvious where it's like almost like the the parents are the teens and she's the grown-up yeah um, but, but that's obviously intentional right yeah yeah and and and, and i think that this is uh a really solid way to start the the festival and just again a wonderful little movie that i think you know is is an easy recommend to anybody. Like I, I could yeah. recommend this. It would to play very, to yeah, it'll play critics. so well. Yeah. Yeah. It'll play so well to an audience and it'll, um, um, I could, 
it, one of the streamers will probably pick this up. I'm guessing yeah. I, I like an Apple TV or Amazon or Netflix. Um, it's uh, very easily. polished and very yeah. commercial looking too. Like, and that was the other thing I was laughing at about it as well, because I was thinking, Oh man, this, this movie has an uphill battle for you because um, you know, the lead is a Boston Bruins fan in the movie. Oh, I was, dude, I used, fuck, you took it out of my mouth. I was going to make that joke. Cause she's wearing, um, Eric stole it from me, bastard. Um, one more thing to hate about the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it, it, right away she's wearing a Boston Bruins hoodie for like the majority of the movie, and I just uh, right. I mean, obviously she's lovely. I think she's great in the movie, um, and the family's wonderful too. I have nothing against people who are Bruins fans. Fuck you, Kyle. Um, <laughs> uh, Side joke. Yeah, no, Eric's brother is a Bruins fan, but um, love the Boston uh, Red Sox hat on the dad the whole time. I there, Eric, there was a time where I was a rebel teenager and I, I was, you know, I had a Boston Red Sox hat. I didn't just wear Blue Jays stuff and I don't know why, but like I just liked there's something about the Boston Red Sox hat is so iconic with just that red B that I just thought it was cool. And I even though I wasn't a Red Sox fan, but like I always kind of cheered for them because they didn't win for the longest time um they had the curse of the bambino but um anyways uh yeah bruins didn't love the bruins sweater but everything else about the movie is pretty lovely like few small criticisms with the you know the the music teacher and and it is a little it is a movie we've seen a bunch of times but they put you in other people's shoes and even though it feels very familiar it, it also feels very fresh because of that. And it's just, you'll be completely won over by the family. The music is great. We never talked about that. Yeah. And um, James to the clash, the soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, Joni Mitchell in there. Um, and all... Amelia Jones has a wonderful voice. Yeah. Um, like and, I, it... and I like that conversation that, that, that is the one thing in terms of the writing and the performance of Eugenio Debrez's character that I do like that he brings up is not all voices have to sound beautiful. Like there's something the that's Bob kind of thing, yeah. wonderful about somebody that has a unique voice that might not be conventional you know and that's that's what makes the world interesting because if everybody had the same kind of beautiful voice or was aspiring to that thing and not bringing their own inflections to it yeah. it just would not be interesting yeah and the 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 bowie quote about bob dylan's voice sounding like sandpaper and glue is is just a wonderful little great. You know, tidbit in there for for music lovers mm -hmm. yeah and and it is one of those movies uh, again you can't give it shit for being predictable and things like that because you kind of want it to be predictable weirdly like i feel like everything that happens in the last act you can pretty much see coming um but if they went any other route you i don't know it just wouldn't it, it just again like i said earlier wears its heart on its sleeve and i feel like it it earns those predictable moments so they don't like you don't go oh okay i saw that coming you go okay that's what i kind of wanted to happen and i'm glad that it you know, it, it did go the more predictable route, but um, and it sometimes doesn't, though, like there's some things that are interesting in there. Like, you know, there's there's a girl that picks on her at school um, yeah. and makes fun of her. But that doesn't really get a, a resolution of any kind. That's just like life. You're going to meet those people or be in, you know, contact with people that are just assholes and you kind of have to deal with it. And that's a part of life. Yeah. And I liked her relationship with uh, the kid from Sing Street, too. Ferd Ferdia, Ferd Ferda. Ferdy. Um, Ferdy Walsh Okay. Um, I, I like their relationship. It felt sincere as well, going to the the, the watering, uh, the, the, the quarry? lake, the quarry, um, cliff jumping. Um, Thinking about Stephen King's It. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's great, man. I, I think it's very, very good. I, right now, I'm going to give it a four. I could 
possibly go higher but like i had those small criticisms in the in the middle part of the movie but i i I really really enjoyed it yeah i'll go four as well like i could have i could have given this a three and a half but again like this is one of those movies where it's just nice to have something that is uplifting without being so you know emotionally wrought um and but it also again tries to incorporate something new into something familiar um and yeah the family stuff is is the strongest aspect of this movie agreed uh, a great start to the festival i hope you guys will join us for our journey throughout our first sundance oh, quickly something. didn't amelia oh, yeah. jones look a little bit bit like uh mary elizabeth winstead she kind of nailed did. it yeah yeah you, you nailed it dude that's exactly what i was thinking of while watching it i you know when you're thinking of someone but you can't put the name to it and then now that you said it i'm like that's exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah, you crushed that. Um, she's great. I hope to see her in uh, in in more stuff. I haven't really... I guess she was in... Oh, she was in Ben Wheatley's High Rise. She was on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Probably is a very small role, but um, she's great. Yeah, she's it's very, a breakout very role. Yeah. Um, yeah, please join us for our journey throughout uh, the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. It's Eric and I's first Sundance, something we've always wanted to attend. Um, silver lining of the very shitty situation that we're all in right now is that um, we uh, have we're lucky enough to be able to, you know, cover this festival from home. Um, so I hope you guys join us. We'll have reviews every single day for the next six or seven days um, upwards of, you know, seeing five films a day or more. Um, so they'll be spread out over the next week or so. We'll try to give you as many as we can possibly do in one day, um, but we'll try to spread them out. So, yeah, we have things like Sensor coming up, uh, which we're watching tonight, which is a midnight movie, which starts in 45 minutes. Oh God! Um, I still have one last work day tomorrow, so that should be fun. Um, not really, but like um, and uh, new episode of WandaVision tomorrow, too. I'm pumped. Um as well as we got tons of other stuff tomorrow that I'm excited well, about. We've already too. seen some things um, as well. I mean, you can yeah. mention that we that you just recently watched Judas and the Black Messiah. We'll have yep. a review of Land when the embargo breaks. Yep. Um, we even also have reviews from TIFF of movies that are playing at the festival uh, at Sundance with Violation Night of the Kings. Yeah, so you can go back, um, just search for that on either our site or podcast services. Uh, they'll be branded with the TIFF branding. But yeah, we do have reviews for both of those films. Um, uh, really dug Violation, Night of the Kings, we were a bit mixed on. But uh, go check out those reviews. Uh, go check out our, if you want to see what we're covering at the festival, um, if it's still near the beginning as you're listening to this, our 82nd draft, you guys can go check out on the Untitled Movie Podcast feed. It's the one with um, Robert Redford's face. Yeah. And then... Uh, Please go subscribe on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast. Toss us a review if you would be so kind on your podcast service of choice. Uh, and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'll be you know, rating and reviewing uh, all of the movies I'm seeing at Sundance on Letterboxd, as well as I'll probably tweet out you know, single line teasers of my first impressions of movies. I don't want to give everything away over on Twitter, but um, it's hard not to tweet right after a movie. Exactly. And I'm Eric March and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene. And I'm on the social medias at EM6211 letterbox, Twitter, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And until next time, go Bruins. No, go leave skill. There's a game on right now. They're Bruins. Winning. <laughs>